Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford and Rory O'Neill with you on a Monday morning. And we've been joined by Enda McGinley. So back on a very exciting weekend of Gaelic football. I won't dwell too much on the quality of it, but it was exciting. And um, Shane McGrath will be long later to look at the hurling, which was less exciting quality-wise. We'll get onto that too. But um, happy Monday morning to everybody. Enda, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, yeah. Um, Rory, you're, uh, you got back safely from RD, where you were uh, witnessed... Your your mm. boys getting story a pasty from story, the story unstoppable the machine. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, look, I, I think you'd have to, and, and there's no better person really, I suppose, to contextualize the achievement by Mickey Hart than Enda. So I'm not going to dwell on it too long. And I'm sure people would much prefer to hear what Enda has to say. But I think in terms of achievement, if they turn Dublin over next weekend, I would rank it up there as one of the greatest managerial feats in the history of Gaelic football to go from division four to division one to, you know, work with the kind of playing population that he has. Yeah, they play a defensive style, but every team plays a defensive style. Um, Yesterday, they never panicked. They were in trouble in that first half, 7-2 down. Uh, Cork were actually playing quite well. And then in the space of five minutes, managed to shoot themselves in both feet. I thought the penalty was slightly harsh. Sean Potter is a very disciplined tackler. I didn't think he, he fouled. I didn't think it was a foul. He's probably Cork's best tackler in many ways. And um, But look, he gave the penalty. Michal nearly saved it. Burns followed up with a very good rebound. And then a couple of minutes later, Daniel O'Mahony gets sent off. And I think then they're facing into a second half with... with a very strong wind. And Loud basically got their tails up. They have some really good players, play a very, very good system, are extremely fit. And um, like they've gone through a league campaign where they've beaten Meath, Kildare, Cork, teams that would probably consider themselves, you know, with lofty ambitions. And it's and, just and we're ex- exceptionally ex- unlucky not to beat Clare. And, and, and took Derry all the way as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Took Derry all the way. Um, one of the few teams to do so. And, um, I just, I, I just think what's going on there is just nothing, nothing short of extraordinary. Will it be enough to turn Dublin over? Probably not. Uh, but I, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a foregone conclusion. Absolutely not. You're being a bit harsh on the tarnish the sun there, nearly saving the penalty. He did save the penalty. Yeah, it was a poor penalty. No, is yeah, yeah, it was a poor penalty. I'd say you're, you're probably chuckling away to yourself there, and then um, probably can. Feel a stout burn in your chest when Rory says loud, look incredibly fit. Um, you can probably you can remember those days. No better man to get a team fit than Mickey Hart. Yeah, absolutely. I, but it, it's more the 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 desire and belief that he instills in the team mm. makes the players drive themselves to get fit and and increases your own willingness to endure that bit of pain on the pitch. It it becomes a badge of honor then what you put yourself through in the pitch and. You can be as fit a person in the world, but unless you have that actual real desire and the belief and that sense of purpose, then then it's it's not going to counter. It's not going to look like anything on the day. And that's that's 
he, he comes to his fore in that there, been working with him two, three years. And absolutely, as, as Rory says, the the story, because they got beat in their first two games, people sort of took their eyes off the ball and presumed them and Limerick, uh, they, they, them and Limerick are, are going to struggle. And Derry and Dublin were, were going to do what to do. And yet they've just got on with business. Like again, we were speaking a wee bit off before we started about the difference in where we are now looking at teams compared to after the first two weeks when we can remember all the narratives at that stage, Mead were flying, Colm O'Rourke was, uh, was, was going to suddenly ig- sort of ignite Mead. Nobody was talking about Louth. Uh, and yet suddenly here we are several weeks later and it's a very, very different uh, conversation. It's so- almost like we don't know what we're talking about in the- <laughs> almost, or it's, it's almost as if this. Well, I had him. I, I had him. Pe- I had him. Yeah, I had him pegged. I had him pegged for relegation, and I don't yeah. mind saying it. You know, I thought they would be because I, I like I went to the Division Three and Four League Finals uh, last year, and I actually thought the Division Four final between Cavan and Tipperary was a higher quality game than Louth Limerick. So I, I have no problems in saying I thought they would struggle in Division Two and. Mm. You know, I mean, it's impressive. One game away, one game away from Division Mm. One football, it's extraordinary. Uh, You were there. They will relish it. They will relish it next week. Oh my god! Um, Rory, you were there. Like, it's very like, it's impressive what they're doing when you consider they're missing probably their best two players, midfielder Kieran Byrne, and without doubt Sam Mulroy, Sam Mulroy, who was the most outside of uh, Leitrim's uh, uh, Byrne, he is the most in form uh, forward in the country, but. You say they play defensively, or you tell us like the spread of scores. It's what's really mm. impressive. Connor early a point, to- Tommy Dernan two, Liam Jackson two, Connor Grimes one, Derek McConnell one, Kieran Downey two, one from play, and Ryan Burns the goal. Like every every forward, I think scored. Uh, except sorry, Niall Sharkey. Every forward scored. There's a lovely spread of scores there for a, for a defensive team. And the quality and the quality of some of the scores. I I mean I don't know if. There's any highlights floating around? I'm sure there might be at some point. Like some of the kicking, I mean, they use the win to their advantage. RD is a, obviously like it's a, it's a, it's a good place for them in that like you know they have that place well figured out in terms of the conditions and Cork sat in the second half. They had no choice against the wind. And they just took their scores from distance. They kicked a couple of monsters from outside the forty-five, and I don't care whether you're with the wind or not. These were absolute top quality stuff. Like I mean, it was. Yeah, I just, you know, look, all you can do is say good luck to them. I think they were the better side on the day. They deserved their win. Thought I saw it mentioned. It was the first win in something like 60 years over Cork. 66 I mean, it just, years. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It, but like, it's just, yeah, I think you you might be going back is it to the 1957 All-Ireland football final. Is it I think when Padraig Carrington's father was playing for Cork that day? But anyway, it's, it's just, uh, I think it's, an unbelievable story and um i think it's going to be uh really it'll be the game to look forward to nearly most next weekend mm-hmm. given the fact that dublin might do what everyone else has done and maybe you know be slightly complacent in their approach to them yeah uh, so you were watching dublin end obviously on saturday evening you were you were on on duty for rte television um 219 to 111 winners um it, it it had it, it kind of <laughs> rang back to previous Mead Dublin meetings, unfortunately, where Mead seemed to be a little bit naive. Um, 
So we've so we might get onto this later. You've some counties who are playing an excessively defensive form of football at the moment, which is frustrating. But I don't think Mead fans would be any less frustrated by the style of football that they kind of adopted against. They tried yet again to go toe to toe with Dublin, which is just against just the like throwing raw meat to a lion, really, isn't it? Yeah, it 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 was it was certainly it was certainly ambitious, and as Rory was saying, against the wind too in the first half. So with Dublin, with the wind. Uh, they they went at it, and no Dublin 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 cut them to shreds. Uh, the arrival of Killian O'Gara probably the most eye catching thing from a Dublin point of view. Otherwise, it was just very business as usual. It was very impressive. I sort of rewatched actually the the first half last night, and uh, one of the things I suppose that struck me that I didn't see watching live actually Meath had plenty of possession. They had actually a good few shots themselves poor shots, but then they were kicking into that wind. Dublin were manic in the tackling and in their defence, probably a sharper level of tackling, more crowded. They were pulling players back, going aggressively, cutting the space from Meath, choking them out, getting the turnovers. And then the, the problem was that Dublin were just kicking the ball up, 60, 70 yard passes into acres of space. The likes of Brian Fenton running on with acres of space. Uh, Costello, Con O'Callaghan, O'Gara, and it was just, it was just far too easy. Like, I'm sure if if I was a Meath forward, I was saying sometimes they'd get on the ball and the battering they were taking, trying to get out of two or three men to try and get a pass away. And yet the Dublin forwards were running around without a hand being laid on them and acres of space to try and work a score. So uh, it was difficult. That first half was difficult. And the second half, Meath held parity with, with Dublin, really. Uh, up until the end, they got Dublin got the breakaway goal, but uh, the damage was done in the first half. Dublin's attacking was excellent, but you would just—it's hard to read into how excellent it was whenever they were playing with so much space. Yeah, uh, the breakaway goal, Rory. I, 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 I laughed so hard watching it. it was it, as you know my my feelings on you know well between Kieran Kilkenny fisting points when there's a goal on, or just in general Dublin's love of the. Ball hammed across the goal mm. for Dean Rock or Conor Castle, whoever. And there was a wee, there was a wee case, there was a wee was... case in the first half where yeah. Con tried to play in Killian O'Gara for the fist, just yeah. and it went too high. Yeah, yeah. Kenny would have been eating Con just fist out over the bar, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah, then yeah. you have Killian O'Gara, who my god, he got the speed in that family compared to mm. his brother. My god, the chap has wheels anyway. He runs 80 yards, takes the pass from Merchant bearing down on goal and there's just this little twitch it's brilliant he's like i'm supposed to hand pass it now and he, got, he actually went to hand pass it and he stopped himself and said, oh wait no i'm four yards from goal with only the keeper in front of me and i've just mm. run 80 yards i might as well just drive it in myself rory he seems he seems quite the player but he's also he's, he's he hasn't played much but he's been programmed yes he he's already a dublin forward he does a great he does have a very dynamic edge and i thought dublin in that first half and I mentioned it was very business as usual. It, it looked like they were back doing all the things, but they were allowed to. I mean, I, I was struck by how Mead approached them. I, I I think a couple of, was it about a year or so ago, we'd aim in Fitzma Fitzmaurice on, and we were talking about Parik Joyce, and we were mentioning how Joyce kind of went into the Galway job with lofty ambitions about trying to play football the right way and trying to do play it, you know, like good with a kind of a Galway panache and the classic Galway style. 
And then, as Eamon said, there's nothing like a dose of realism to put pay to the idealism and pragmatism kicks in and you just have to move with the times. And I think we're probably seeing something similar in me if we call him column will probably have to bite the bullet on this like if you we saw it again in the, in the athletic grounds yeah it's ugly when two teams cancel each other out what actually gets cancelled is a game of football but that's just how gaelic football is probably played and when two teams set up like that you know yeah. um and i think the it was just yeah i was i i you got to give yourself a chance to get a foothold and a platform in the game. And to go out at the start, I felt me very, very naive, you know, disappointed. Yeah. And I think mm. their confidence will take a battering. It's going to make it difficult for them now in that Leinster Championship. Because going back to Louth, I mean, who wouldn't back against Louth making a Leinster final? I certainly wouldn't. Absolutely not. So you have this the Division Two is is the tournament the Leinster Championship could be. We have Louth and Dublin playing off for promotion, and Kildare and Meath both now safe because Limerick yeah. and Clare have gone through the trap door. Clare can't do anything on the head to head. So, but could this, still get could, could still get dragged into the Talchin Cup. I mean, I think that's Cavan what I mean. Will, yeah, I think Cavan will, Cavan will have now. a great chance of making an Ulster final. You know, looking at the looking at the form of our man Donegal, particularly Cavan will say to themselves, "We can make this Ulster final." You know, and like if. So Meath Kildare actually matters, and um, you know, because who who finished his fifth and sixth in Division Two, and I think he's gonna, as Roy says, it's very likely come the end of April or start of May, we'll realize how important it is. Um, I don't know. Can we can we say there's a Kildare revival? They scored their first goals since May of last year. That's so well, yeah, the back heel. So <laughs> have they found their <laughs> have they found their uh, voom I don't know. <laughs> I, whenever you're, whenever you're sliding down the hill, anything at all, just to get your foothold, just to stop your descent is, is what you're <laughs> wanting. And Kildare got that against Limerick. Uh, so it's now on from here, but it is amazing. Look, it will be amazing to see how this season, how our opinion on teams completely changes as this season progresses. Kildare have a long way to go. There's no doubt about that. But it's it's repairing the morale, it's repairing the the ambition and the belief. Uh, but you you can't do that until you get the first win. And however you fall over the lane, you fall over that lane, and then on you go from there. And there is nothing to bond a team together more than having come through adversity, where everybody from the outside has been taking pot shots, where they've been written off for everybody. It has been manna from heaven for years for GEA teams. When you're out in the wilderness, all of that stuff, when you get the first inklings of hope, then you just, that's around the dressing room wall and it's we're out now and it's only us because all of the detractors, they'll have heard all of that for ages and then they realize, look, the only people that really truly believe this is inside this group. And away we go. It's circle the wagons time. I'm speaking like a very troll man there, but but that's you say throne football. It could be Kilkenny hurling. They they live exactly. in the long grass. Like Absolutely, you know, the exactly. Long grass. It is a powerful place to be. Whether Kildare make any of this or not, but it has been said ad infinitum over over the past several weeks. They do have the talent. Their championship campaign last year was impressive. Their their division one campaign last year wasn't too shoddy. So they haven't become a suddenly inept team overnight. 
whether they build on this well we'll see yeah absolutely um rory thankfully we no longer have to talk about Derry's um striving there to get to division one they got there and jesus they didn't leave anything to doubt 14 points to four against poor claire i don't know mm. if you text david tuberty I, I didn't i'll leave him be after mm. so that was, we said it's a long drive to Derry. it's a drive home was even longer that was ah, yeah. jesus they they just put out their full strength team and just absolutely battered them uh mm. there was no there's no they, they might take the foot off the pedal now but there's been no foot off the pedal for Rory Gallagher's Derry and if there's one team who we can say have a form line and who probably look a lot like the looking championship it could be Derry mm, no listen hopefully take they take their foot off the pedal they're going to Parking Creek next next weekend so I hope he uh, wraps a few of them up in cotton wool and he probably won't I mean he tends to, I mean, like I think Eamon mentioned it as well on a previous podcast that we were doing, momentum is a hard thing to get and it's not exactly something you want to relinquish when it's going well for you. So I'd imagine they'll go down to Parky Creeve as well next weekend and put on a show. And I think they're just a good bit ahead of probably everybody in Division 2 with the exception of Dublin. I think that Division 2 league final, if Dublin do manage to get there, will be a very interesting encounter. And um yeah, I think Derry, I mean, look, they're right up there now. One of the top teams in the country. Didn't really see a huge amount of this game, obviously, yesterday. One thing I would say from a Clare perspective, though, um, the prospect of the Talchin Cup is a very real one for them now. Um, now they will still feel that they could turn Cork over in Ennis in a Munster semi-final. But if they did end up in the Talchin Cup, I think Clare could win that. I think Clare should aim to go and try and win it. I think they would potentially be the best team in it, potentially, I know that is. I think they have some very, very good young players. I know it was a chastening experience for them yesterday, but look, Derry are at a different level to an awful lot of teams. You know, Derry are, I do firmly believe that Derry are the best team in Ulster and they're playing in Division 2, which is a bit odd. So, look, they're back, they're in, they're rightfully in Division 1 now. Um, but from Clare's perspective, I mean, it's got some good young players. They shouldn't beat themselves up too much. Uh, if it's the Talchin Cup, so be it. Go and win it. And, you know, like, you have to bear in mind, last year, they knocked Ross Common out of the championship. They made the last eight. They're a good side. They've got some good young players. UL went to the final of this year, Sigerson. Half the team are young Clare lads. They've got, you know, there is plenty of good playing potential there. So I don't think it needs to be this sort of, death sentence that everybody sometimes no. makes it and it, they're they're lucky ended that in Colin Collins they have the most experienced manager in the country pretty much mm. or like so he like as much as they they were known for their division two status for seven years I can't imagine Colin Collins built the team's identity on it or anything else so they have a monster they have a carrot now in the monster championship which is to make the all-Ireland as Roy says if they don't they go into the Talton Cup with you know which we all hope, like last year, West teams took it seriously. Westmead won mm -hmm. it. It was a great story. And Westmead have now decided to take the league off, <laughs> maybe, because they're already in the All-Ireland. Yeah. Um, but like it, it, you'd hope it's a carrot. And as Roy says, this is a good young team. And no no, no shot for 27 minutes and no score in the first half isn't probably a fair reflection on, on Clare, I don't think. Yeah, no, look, Owen, Owen Begg's a tough place to go to. You look at Clare's league campaign, and realistically, they're probably the unluckiest team in the country. Yeah. Uh, they, yes, they probably got a wee bit of luck against Louth, but they paid for that heavily by losing any semblance of luck over the next several games. They they should be safe. 
realistically, but they're they're not, and and so they'll they'll take their punishment. But we bit like other teams that have went down. It's Cavan is probably the the easiest example straight away to look at Derry potentially, but there's a massive management there change with Derry that has just completely changed their county, which we'll talk about. But Cavan went down. It was the COVID year that Cavan got relegated into four. They'd slipped into three. Probably just didn't get the heads focused and suddenly found themselves in that COVID sort of truncated league, suddenly down and surprised loss and down into Division 4. They knew they weren't there and they bounced back in the rebuild. They didn't become too despondent. They didn't wring their hands too much about it. They they just got going and they're heading back to two now in, in, fine, in fine fettle. So uh, I think with the game with the round robin things there's a there's a real good chance that all the teams can turn around their seasons now and the game's still to come and as i say we'll we'll be looking at the the league skirmishes as just early see as as we would the, the pre-season competitions which i'm not sure too many of us to could rule off too many results from that but a uh, dairy just so impressive like so so impressive it's their sheer consistency we Dublin, the, the greatest mark of that Dublin team, the Dublin team, was their sheer consistency, game after game, and you really did wonder. So previously I was talking about that mindset that you can get into and reel backs against the wall and you produce these huge performances. Uh, and it's a different level for a team just to go out game on game and hit that level. And that, that's where they're at, like they say, what consistency is, the true mark of excellence. Well, that, that's where they're at at the minute. I don't know what special place in hell awaits a dairy player if they are shown on video to have missed tackling mm -hmm. opportunity or something because even in the first half yesterday their tackling level the intensity of that was through the roof uh, and it just it just got clear as you say 28 minutes at 27 28 minutes before they had a shot on goal a uh, phenomenal stuff very very dominant up front plenty of people chipping in with scorers again uh, they're they're just they are cruising and yes I'll be fascinating next week will Rory Gallagher play a second string team will he take he the doesn't have off? a second string team he's only got about 11 subs well that, very <laughs> true very true but it's a uh, yeah phenomenal like that same team practically has been starting every game of the Mechanic Cup yeah. and International League again how they maintain that during the rest of this year will be a thing that loads of management teams will be looking at uh, in terms of making plans for next year and how you deal with the new calendar. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. We'll get on. I just briefly run people through the 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 permutations of Vision Three and Four, but after that, we might get on to to Mayo, who are kind of similar to Derry in a way that you know how they're approaching the season is as interesting and as impressive as the football they're playing because the football they're playing is very impressive. Um, but just to mention, yes, as you said, Cavan are up, and Fermanagh play Cavan at the weekend. They win. They go up with them. If Cavan don't take the foot off the pedal and beat Fermanagh, then Offaly can go up by beating Down, but Down can't go up because of the head-to-head. -head. So it would be an amazing story if Offaly got promoted. I think uh, absolutely incredible, um, very emotional scenes down at Semple Stadium where they played Tipperary, another one of Liam Kearns' former teams, mm -hmm. and um, they effectively relegated Tipperary. Uh, so Longford, Tipperary are down. Division 4, you need a PhD in maths. Um, <laughs> Leitrim play Sligo. If Leitrim beats Sligo, 
and Leash and Wicklow beat London and Watford, which they will do, you'll have four teams on ten points, and it comes down to scoring difference. Wicklow will be out of the out of it. I think their scoring difference isn't good enough, but the other three, um, it's very interesting. And um, Wexford haven't been relegated from Division Four, so that concludes our permutations. Um, so back to Division One. Um, and uh, yeah, me, uh, Mayo. Um, we we're very interested in Kevin McStay's approach because uh, well, he left us to be Mayo manager, which still burns for me and Rory. But um, he did say he was gonna like he was he was uh, kind of putting an emphasis on the provincial championship, and here he is now sauntering through the league. Uh, qualified for a league final that will take place seven days before he plays Roscommon in the Connacht Championship. This is a team who seem to be having their cake and eating it, uh, burning the candle at both ends, and or every as we Amy Fitzmaurice says, momentum's a great thing. Just just keep rolling with it. It's it's an interesting. They're an interesting case study, but I, they are also playing really really good football and blooding players and rotating his team. So they seem in a really good place. Yeah, typical Mayo, isn't it? Just boringly predictable at this stage. Uh, they're they're playing brilliant football. They're probably brilliant, playing the best brilliant football football in the country. Uh, and that's our usual bias, not to say it's the most effective, but thankfully it is being the most effective <laughs> at the minute. Uh, all over the pitch, they have top players and top players in form. What's all the ro- more remarkable is you're thinking of the guys that they've lost: Lee Keegan and Ashin Mullen. Uh, Killian O'Connor playing a much lesser part. If you had said that a year ago, that that would be the situation, people would be saying, oh, Mayo's going to massively be struggling. They are uh, flying. It's brilliant to see them going so well. Uh, there's a fear in me. I'm sure it's in most people in the country that this is too good to be true, whether it's the rugby or not. I don't know in terms of a, the Grand Slam ahead of the World Cup year. But uh, for Mayo to be flying this stage in the year, such a prolonged season, you're hoping that they can keep it because we 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 know that the Ireland Championship is better when Mayo were flying. Uh, so they are brilliant at the minute. Aidan O'Shea into full forward, obviously a key, key change for them was brilliant again uh, against Donegal. is just such a fulcrum and his his size and presence in there would be such a headache for any team to be trying to deal with. And then you've Ryan O'Donoghue in such brilliant form. Tommy Conroy, who just looks electric. There's always a fear post-ACL and have rehabbed enough of them, like a real, real fear and a real feeling for many patients yeah. is that it is so tough to get that really top level pace back. You can get back to sprinting, but that absolute flat out sprint is often lost post ACL. Uh, and he has it. He still has it. So brilliant to see that as well. It was always a worry for for me, uh, but he's flying as well. So yeah, brilliant to see early in the year too good to be true or all things that are, are there to be considered uh, but we'll enjoy it for the minute and as you say Kevin McSay didn't seem to have any intention of a league final he spoke well after the match he seemed to be saying look we'll take this on I, I honestly think Kevin McSay feels as if he's in dreamland and doesn't want to wake up this is dream <laughs> job dream football dream results yeah he, he's on a winning streak Rory first of all he won the job which he says himself was probably after second to winning in all Ireland for Mayo was probably the hardest job in Ireland was getting the job like the, yeah. the interview process. So he, he got, tried a few times, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he got the job, and um, everything has just fallen into place. The only thing that's gone wrong from so far is Leaky was the two boys like Mullen emigrating and Keegan um, retiring, which we probably thought were two kind of fatal blows. But uh, 
they've just they've just kept rolling. And one thing you have to say, you mentioned Aiden O'Shea, fantastic, and they're also very pragmatic. They're using the attacking mark, which a lot of teams just seem to be ignoring. Mayo are using it as just it's a it's a scoring tactic. It's kick the ball thirty yards to a man who will not drop it, and he give him an unopposed shot in front of goal. It's I don't like the rule, but it's there to be exploited, and Mayo are doing it. Yeah, he. I thought it was an outstanding display by Noche. There's real clarity, I think, in terms of what his role is now as well. And I think Kevin would be very good on that. You know, no grey areas with Kevin. And um, I mean, to, one of the criticisms, I suppose, and I know Noche does get a lot of stick from certain people at certain times. But one of the criticisms, I suppose, that may be justified was that he wasn't chipping in on the scoreboard and he saw But like, did they, did they really hit their straps yesterday? Did they have to hit their straps? Now, look, at that probably says more about Donegal and where they're at. But I just think like Mayo, they're, they're the best team to watch by a mile. They push up on every kick out, I, which is something that I love about them. Right? I mean, unite, you, they give you two options, the risky one or the agricultural one, right? And... <laughs> It's it's like they, they play risk reward football at its best. They take risks themselves, but they use their calculated risks, but they usually get their rewards as well. You know, like it's it's just, I don't know, the, the lad from the lad McBrien, David McBrien, which they pulled out of at the full back. Like, where did they get him from? I mean, he just comes out of nowhere. This like clone of all been a problem I mean, area for them for and years. And a problem area going all the way back to maybe the 2012 All Ireland final. Of course, like when we saw how the ball was humped in. I mean, Aidan O'Shea got man of the match. He is. He seemed to be having a personal duel with Sean Patton, and uh, that was brilliant to watch. And I, I tell you this much: word to the wise. And I'm thinking, Eaton Rafferty, Rory Began, Niall Morgan here. You go wandering with Daddy Long Arms around and. Aidan O'Shea, I mean, he is... Basketball he's a, tackler. He's an excellent... He's just he's got those long arms. He gets the he gets the hand in. You've, you've got to be very, very careful. Um, Everything rosy in the garden for me. Oh, you know, I think the one thing that I suppose heading into next weekend, I think they need to protect Matty Ruan and Dermot O'Connor. If I was Kevin, I wouldn't start either of them. Um just because I think they're the best midfield pairing in the country by a bit of a distance. And um, I think you've just got to mind them. Now, it's a great opportunity. I mean, if you think about it yesterday, I don't think Enda Hessian even talked out. He was arguably one of their best players earlier on the campaign. I don't know if Owen McLaughlin talked. Again, another top-class player. Like the kind of fellas, the fellas that they were bringing on, Padraig O'Hora. Um, you know, Tommy Conroy off the bench, Kevin McLaughlin, Jason Darty didn't even get a run. Another guy that can probably fill a number of different roles across the, your six forwards and even drop into midfield as well. I think he might have played a bit there for his club. Killian yeah. O'Connor didn't play. Killian O'Connor again. I mean, <laughs> you know, and there, uh, and I think as Cora mentioned last night, the spread of scores that they have now across their team is a lot more impressive. They're not dependent on any one individual, which I think does make some other teams slightly more predictable. We saw the centre half back is working for them too. Work working absolute and like and you still have the likes of Stephen Cohen that can interchange there when Loftus decides to get on those bombing runs forward because he's got like that's the other thing about them, their athleticism, their pace. I mean, I'd go so far as to say if you beat Mayo in the championship this year, you'd be close enough to winning the All Ireland. Oh, oh, it's very early for that talk now. It's very early mm. for that talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, briefly, uh, 
and uh, and Donegal, um, forgetting the off-field stuff, which is obviously you, you can say it's it's feeding into the general mood, but I don't think uh, Paddy Carr is going to be blaming that for what's happening on the pitch. Um, they they just. You say teams maybe aren't fully formed at this time of year and we can't be judging them on, their, uh, on the league. Things will look a lot different in a month's time. I don't know how different things can look for Donegal. They do seem a little bit rudderless and devoid of ideas and devoid of a certain totemic midfielder slash full forward who retired during the winter. Yeah, no, they're 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 in a bad place. I think they just got hit by multiple multiple blows. I think the, the off-field stuff and the late the late appointment of the management team and the pretty obvious public thing that it wasn't the, the first choice management team that was going in there. Uh, that's tough for them to be coming in. Now they got the brilliant bounce against Kerry uh, and they got that win and you thought, okay, maybe there's something there. Losing McBrady mm. was a massive blow on top of the, the Michael Murphy one, obviously, and one that they just didn't need. But the other players that seemed to be shown relatively well up front they had a couple of narrow performances but they've had a couple of real hammerings too Drone hammered them and then Mayo has, has done a job in them too mm. have the Drone game was in Oma the Mayo game being in Bally Buffet I have not seen Donegal capitulate like that in Bally Buffet yes Mayo were excellent but Donegal are not a million miles off Mayo uh, so there there is just it's a camp that's not going well, a team that's not going well. And whenever you're in that position in the modern game, a team can really, really open up. It doesn't take much for you to to take a hammer in the modern game if you're a wee bit off it. And Donegal aren't a wee bit off it. They're a good bit off it at the minute. Uh, several players out of form. And they, they their conditioning compared to Mayo looked well off again as I said about the loud thing and about their brilliant conditioning a, a, a team how everything is sitting within a team and the team's belief all has an impact on how you look in terms of your conditioning if you're going out and your belief's gone and the mood's not good in the camp and everyone feels as if it's running against you and then the past week and the, that circus outside of the camp all of that has an impact and it just looked as if the the, the legs have laid on on a Sunday, yeah, they need to be careful. They need to be very careful, Mikey, as well. Because I look, I've I've seen this with with my own county. You know, the free the free fall can be um can can become more exaggerated than maybe you would want it to be, and you could find yourself in Division Three all of a sudden quite easily. The competition in Division Two next year will be severe. You you will have Cavan arriving in there potentially for mana and maybe i mean it could be a real ulster feel to it he's gonna like you'll have four there's a chance there'll be four ulster teams Mm. which will make things difficult for them and i would probably suggest that kildare and Meath will improve as will cork so division two still there at the minute but like division two while obviously a lesser standard it's still going to be a difficult division to you know maintain your status and you know in the blink of an eye we saw what happened with Derry for instance Cork ended up in division three you can you can free fall very very quickly and it's important for Donegal's perspective that they do everything in their power to try and offset that 
Yeah, so they're 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 not quite down, but they they really do need a a, a ginormous uh, score turnaround, which they're not going to get. Um, so it's really between Armagh and Monaghan to take the second spot. If Monaghan beat Mayo and Armagh get beaten by Tyrone, um, it'll be Armagh going down. So commiserations, Armagh, on your relegation because we all know <laughs> Monaghan ain't going down. <laughs> it's just it's just the way it happens. Mm. And then the, I think we're running out of time, but it, it, in reference to Armagh. Um, another game you watched against Galway, not um, not a classic by any means, two defensive teams. But one thing it did show us, which I think uh, we've discussed before, but the joy of the high ball, like teams, you, you you know, you've talked about it before that we can get too bogged down in tactics and, you know, systems and shapes and stuff. I believe that too, because sometimes the, the chaos that an either an accidental or an intentional ball to the edge of the square causes. And particularly, may I say, when a lot of teams there don't have specialist goalkeepers, um, I was at junior B level a specialist goalkeeper, as much as you can be, and you'd be terrified. A big high ball to the edge of the square mm. with an ignorant junior B full forward standing on the edge of it was bad enough. But like when a team actually plans it, like say Mayo, I know they're not playing the big long balls, but they're using their big man on the edge of the square. Why don't more teams just lamp the ball in? There seems to be this snobbery about it. We saw it in the athletic grounds. It works. It'll be really confusing for the statisticians because the 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 effectiveness and the rate of return from a high ball in bound to be closer than a lot of other options of play too at the minute, particularly in the conditions as as it was the last day. And I suppose the, the best high ball is the disguised high ball and no better disguise to put on it than where the player is actually taking a shot and, yeah. and fluffs the shot a bit and it drops in. But you're right, it was a combination you had Stefan Rafferty uh, or Ethan Rafferty obviously a, a forward playing in nets and he does have a tendency to really come out very attacking he was caught a couple of years ago wasn't caught last year at all that i remember mm. but he it does look a wee bit wilder than a normal goalkeeper would come out at balls and maybe more adventurous he got caught uh but you've also got you know in the game have we that many of the traditional fullbacks you, you know so you don't and most fullbacks were that fluid in terms of positions that there's no guarantee that you have your ideal man back there for ever dealing with a high ball. Yeah. So between that and the goalkeepers, and anyway, no matter what, when a high ball is dropping and two people are contesting it, that ball can ricochet anywhere. Whenever it can ricochet anywhere and you're five yards, six yards out from goal or three yards out from goal, well, then the goalie has minimal chance of stopping it, particularly if there's a wee bit of physical altercation on the goalkeeper in there, shall we say. I thought that was a free out, by the way. I did. I, I thought yeah. he was fouled. I yeah, thought he was fouled. I, I had sympathy for him now as well. Yeah. I mean, like, just, because he, ju- just, because a goal, just because a goalkeeper is suspect under a high ball and obviously he's had his issues, doesn't mean you could just go in and bundle him over the yeah. line, you know? Yeah. I, I felt the Galway, I, I think, I suppose looking in from that, you, you can never trust, unfortunately, you can never trust what's going to be given or not given as a referee. So from Galway point... I did get one view of it, really, and uh, you wouldn't blame the refs. You know? that, that's it. And from a Galway point of view, whether the ref give that or not, that's not particularly controllable. What is controllable, you shouldn't have the Armagh player on the goalie side of you. Yeah. The, the Galway wing half forward. Not sure who it was. Uh, but... He he should have he he let Mackin in at his goalkeeper under a dropping ball and that would usually be if you can do many things under a dropping ball it's usually shield the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. uh, but again it'll just mean that uh, 
Parag Joyce will have to have at least 10 minutes or Gleason over at the side dealing with high ball after high ball because it is going to if Galway are two points up in a game or three points up in a game you can bet, bet your bottom dollar what a team's going to be doing yeah absolutely and it was it was a tactic we did see last year teams did uh lamp it in there Rory um just finally then I suppose Galway and Armagh you know we were hoping for a barn burner and we, mm. we didn't get it and now the the kind of the logic is that Armagh having been quite swashbuckling last year uh, and McGinley is kind of um, he's he's overcorrecting and kind of maybe you know kind of you know restricting the attacking <laughs> like element of his team to the point where it's it's kind of being defanged. Um, I suppose Roy, the hope is that he finds the happy medium come championship, which I would imagine is the plan. Yeah, I think it's disappointing to see because I think one of the things that made them so attractive for the neutrals as well as their own supporters was the style of football that they played. Look, you could only you only imagine he's got to maybe flesh out a couple of different options as he faces into championship. Like, is he is it something that he's planning for Derry? Is that what is that what is that is that the way that his thinking is, knowing that, I mean, they'll have it all to do just to make it to an Ulster final, given their current form. And I think you don't necessarily think that you can be planning that far down the line anyway. But yeah, like they, they've got some unbelievable players on the inside line. You know, they've got some of the best kickers that you'll ever see. I still think you know, getting upset about the way they're currently set, the way they've currently set themselves up. It's just a little bit early. Let's see what way they approach the championship, the Ulster championship. I mean, one of the things for me with them, I mentioned this before, like they, it, it would be really important. Armagh haven't been in the Ulster final since 2008, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a stark statistic. When you think about it, like in that in the time since Armagh have last been in an Ulster final, I think have Antrim been there, have Fermanagh been uh, there, have Down been in an Ulster final, mm-hmm. obviously Donegal, Tyrone. I mean, that to me is something that they absolutely have to rectify. And um is, does it mean there's added pressure on them going into this year's also championship? Look, it's such a hard championship to win. I'm sure there's pressure regardless of what, you know, but that the, the, we need to see more from them in the also championship this year. And if you're fleshing out a couple of different options in terms of game plans is what he's decided to do during this, this year's league campaign, maybe Kerry McGinney will have the last laugh and good luck to him. But, you know, I think it's time now for Armagh to really push on in championship sense. Yeah, and uh, just so you were you were nodding your head there. You, you kind of think that you know the geezer has a plan here. Obviously, he has he hasn't all of a sudden abandoned what happened last year, but he probably realizes he needs uh, a little yin to the yang. Yeah, but I don't think that teams need a massive turn of the dial to move from a, a more defensive footing to to a a forward sort of a more of attacking footprint. Armagh last year and the previous couple of years it's been really notable they've had loads of runners coming from very very deep their full back lane has been bombing up the pitch their wing half backs really really bombing up the pitch very very attacking whenever they're on the ball and the balls are going in Ray and O'Neill tended to stay in a wee bit closer to goal uh, Devandrew Mernon in there who is excellent uh, but you just think the same way as what uh, Mayo have with 
with Aidan O'Shea having somebody like Rain O'Neill in there yeah. attracts so much attention of the opposition. But I think the breaks on the other players in terms of how attacking they're being uh, isn't there this year and it was last year. I don't think that's a particularly hard thing to put back into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wouldn't be overly worried like yeah. I think they've got spooked a wee bit by the number of goal chances they coughed up to Galway last year and, and ended up costing them in, in the Ireland Championship uh, and so they're they're trying to shore themselves up at the back uh, but I think they'll know they'll, they'll have to attack harder come the summer come them sort of conditions I, I think that's more suitable uh, the, the whole weighting of the Provincial Championship I can see why it has been built up as that's vital for Armagh but for me, particularly for Ulster teams, it's a wee bit different in Leinster. Connacht, because the draw this year slightly different. Munster, them top one or two seeds, which are lovely to get going into the group championship. For most of the big teams, they can plan to get them. In Ulster, it is honestly such a minefield as a player starting out and you're in the first round of the championship and you've maybe Derry or Fermanagh or Armagh and you have three rounds. It is a lottery to see who gets to the final. And so you can't really be dependent on those one or two seeds. And if you do get there, all the opponents that you've that have dropped out to, to get there, they haven't gone away and they're sitting preparing for the round robin stage. Yeah, so yeah. in Ulster to go absolutely all out to get through those three massive championship games, which are massive occasions, huge crowds, win a provincial title, huge celebrate, and then you're bang into a round robin competition where the other teams have been knuckling down, training flat out in preparation for this. And it's four for Armagh because they're in the preliminary yeah, round. Then, yeah. yeah, so uh, I can understand why it's sort of the old traditional logic is Armagh need to be winning that provincial title this year. Maybe they don't, yeah, you're in, right. In, in terms of if they're wanting to push on from last year, and they were they ran Galway to penalties, Galway got to the Ireland final and weren't kicking the ass off Kerry. So Armagh can be thinking of all Ireland. Now that sounds foolish at this, at this place to say it, mm-hmm. but for McGinney... The approach to try and win an Ireland is slightly different than the approach to try and win an Ulster Championship. And I don't think the relationship between an Ulster Championship winner and an Ireland with the new campaign the way it is will be worse for Ulster teams, more so maybe than other teams, because you get put out in an Ulster first round or semi-final, narrow defeat against a good team. You're not a million miles away. You get three, four weeks to get your head down away from the spotlight. And then you're into the key part of the year, that round robin mm-hmm. uh, league. Uh, to then hit the quarterfinals and well it'll be interesting to see how how that all pans out in terms of the lines of form of teams yeah no it is it, it will be very interesting to see uh and thank you very much um it is um there's a lot to be interested in next week but as you say it's all a game within a game so um <laughs> we won't really know what what way things lay for a couple of months which is actually quite interesting when you think about it if you don't think about it too hard so Ender, thank you very much and we'll be chatting to you soon and we'll be back in a minute with Shane McGrath welcome back we've been joined by Shane McGrath good morning Shane how are you morning lads how are you going hey, hey Shane yeah, all good, Shane. Uh, you um, were back back in Nolan Park. Uh, you're a devil for punishment. You were, you were there as a fan a couple of weeks ago. And at least you got to see your, your side win. You were there as a neutral yesterday. Um, uh, I, it, in the annals of great of a great rivalry between Watford and Kilkenny, this one won't go down uh, in the books, really, as, as one of the classics. 
No, it won't, no. No, like, the conditions were brutal, Mikey. Um, mm. The first half was a tough watch, regardless of conditions. And I just think the Kilkenny public, I suppose, are still getting used to the the short game, the short passing game, and maybe not always going forward and knowing that they're kind of recycling it back around, which which seems to be the system they're going for and they're trying it. And, you know, like, um, there was one point in particular there yesterday, um, it was a point in the first half, and the Kilkenny boys were working it up the field, and they were going over and back, over and back, and they eventually went for a kind of a, a cross-field ball, diagonal ball, but it was going backwards. Daisy Hutchinson went straight to Daisy Hutchinson. He popped it off to Jack Prendergast and Watford scored a point. And there was like just there was just uh, I'd say our our Lord's name was taken in vain by a lot of people in Nolan Park when that happened, right? <laughs> and I just suppose I it, it like say even from when I was down there when they played Tip, um, they definitely have got better at it. Like, and that's I think they only had three guys started yesterday to start against Tip. Um, there was the world of changes beforehand um, between the subs and the players but Kilkenny definitely looked better they, they, you know, they're, they're getting more comfortable at the game now the conditions were a factor and the way I suppose Watford were setting up if there's one difference I would see in Watford from the tip game is that Ty De Burka, he didn't play as deep as a sweeper he actually pushed on a little bit and he actually had a much better game he was more comfortable he kind of played very deep against Tip, I thought. And um, Kate's in point was even one of the goals that Tip got. John McGrath popped it out to Jake Morris. Tig was very, very deep. Whereas yesterday, he was more kind of the half-back line kind of a sweeper. And you would have seen, you know, he even won a, he won a few frees himself out around there. He scored a free himself. But he was more effective at giving and going. So I thought that was um, a positive for the Watford lads anyway yesterday. Um, the other the other things, Dennis, lads, it's like, I, I just don't know what game Watford are playing at the moment. Um, it, like I, I said it before about Daisy Hutchinson, I think he's one of the best like guys, footwork, to find space. You know, he brought that over from his time playing Premier League soccer or playing over in England at, th- at professional soccer level. And yesterday, I think he touched the ball 15 or 16 times. And if it was maybe twice inside the 45. Uh, where he actually got gained possession of the ball. So I maybe that's something that Watford, are, they're holding in reserve, that they're going to keep Desi inside more. Because at the moment, he's playing as an unofficial third midfielder slash half-back player. Trying to, he's trying to give the ball into Leds that, in my opinion, he should be getting, right? So maybe that's that's a play they're holding off on. Look, um Kilkenny definitely. Well, Wexford me, played Rory they, O'Connor as the sweeper, so I don't uh, know. Yeah, There's a Mikey, bit of insanity going yeah, on. Yeah, Mikey, like, say, you were missing so many lads yesterday that mm. there was a stage there where maybe some lads from the primary game might have had to get the call up because, like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy the amount of injuries Wexford have at the moment, Mikey. Yeah. I, 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 look, I had to go defensive yesterday, too. I thought it was funny when I see Jim Burns playing from playing the first half. He, he was up nearly at 45. Why? Because he had to push up way up the field because there was nobody to mark, sir. Mm. Everyone was gone way, way back. And that's because Wexford just, they had no choice yesterday but to do that because they just didn't have the bodies. They knew if they don't do this, they could get, could have got an awful bet. Now, they still got bet fairly well, but what can you do? Like, and I just go back to Kenny for a second. Like, the last, or oh, the last eight scores in the game, Kenny got six of them. So they finished strong. I think they really mm. wanted it more. We know the Watford lads are going to Portugal tomorrow. And it won't be the end of the world. You know, if, if I went through the lads of Watford, we're missing lads. Connor Gleeson, Connor Prunty, Daryl Lyons, Austin Gleeson, Stephen Bennett, Mikey Kylie, Jamie Barron. They'll all be there, they're bounce championship starters. Kilkenny, likewise, Mikey Butler out, Hugh Lawler, Killian Buckley, 
obviously TJ, Adrian Mullen, Richie Reid, and of course their goalie Owen Murphy. So look, it is what it is, but I, I do think it allows Kilkenny. I, I think the, the game of the weekend next weekend will be Kilkenny and Cork. Why? Because I think both of them can go at it more so than Tipper Limerick. Because Cork have a buy in the first round, Kilkenny have West Meat in the first round. So all in all, what did I take from yesterday, Mikey? That diversity is alive and well in Kilkenny because at half time there was a game of football played in Nolan Park. No Nolan way! Park. No yeah. way! So, that yeah. is hold the front page. Yeah. So there you go, lads. Uh, they are doing their they are doing their bit in Kilkenny at uh, the little go games uh, game of football. Very enjoyable to watch uh, with our, having our cup of tea um, self at Park Lodge. So there you go. Yeah. So that was the main thing yesterday that I took from it. Anyway, I I text you during the game, Shane, because um, probably shouldn't do that. Know you're on live radio, but I wanted to get see if you had any idea what had happened uh, towards the end of the first half, and I think. It was a free. It, it, Waterford were attacking. They had a. They had a. They had a line ball, and it was cut out by. I think it was Paddy Deegan was back in defence. But this, I'm going to hold my phone up here. Sorry to those of you listening. There was somebody in Waterford kit on the pitch, and like this is how on the pitch he was. You see him? Yeah. Like he was just he was strolling down the sideline, but he was like two yards on the pitch, strolling down to go behind the goal. So we have rumours now that Ty DeBurke is wearing an earpiece during matches. We have Davies' friend behind the goal. And now we have Waterford selectors just sauntering onto the pitch, Roy and Nolan Park. Waterford, they're lawless. But pa- <laughs> the, 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 the pageantry of it all, uh, uh, it's fantastic. It's good crack. Um, Not a bother on him, by the way. There's like three three intercounty hurlers thundering into each other like just behind him. And he just looks over his shoulder as if to say, what are you lads doing here? <laughs> And you mentioned you mentioned thundering into one another. I actually thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was a real full-blooded uh, physical contest. I mean, it lacked quality, but the conditions is uh, Connor Moore famously takes off Tiger Tiger Woods. Conditions were tough, and and the TV sometimes I think maybe can not give you uh, a sense of how bad the rain was. I mean, it, it looked like it was a very heavy sod. The ball. You know, hard to get up off the ground at times, slipping out of a lad's hands. Two very skillful teams. So it might be hard to gauge what was useful. I mean, the hits, late hits, and flakes being handed out, they were plentiful. Davey got his customary booking. I thought that was uh which we could hear by the way, which we could hear by the way, which was picked up on the effects, Mike. Um yeah, and I know we As mentioned the afternoon. Yeah, I know we mentioned <laughs> I know we mentioned Desi Hutchinson. Um he ended up scoreless. No goal chance in the first half. Kilkenny didn't create that many goal chances either, no mind you. No, I and, don't think either yeah. well Tom Tom Barron had a goal chance. It was far two minutes gone, Rory, yeah, and it was yeah. it was nine eight at the time. They would have yeah. nine nine. Uh, he like uh, if you know we go back like to the top finishers, I suppose they're not worried about it hitting the hitting the net it's just it's low finishes and it would have been an ideal low finish but look i suppose maybe tom barron is not accustomed to scoring goals whereas whereas if that maybe falls to desi right desi, you yeah. know, well he, the, the, he would yeah he's, he's finishing it low that's my opinion but uh, yeah no yeah. desi desi was close to his left at the time he was in that area i suppose to be fair but look you're talking about small things neither goalie had a save to make and um, it was just one of those games it was highlighted last night about puckouts everybody pushed up and then what i thought interesting was when when they did push up Kilkenny lads all push back as well. So, you know, like, will there be kind of a high press that we're used to seeing in the football? Will that start happening in, in, in the hurling now as well? Like, as regards, 
like not letting Barry Nash get the ball, like for example, our teams were saying. We were saying this all last year, Shane. Why, why are teams like I know there's a gamble at the other end, but allowing someone like Barry Nash to have the ball in twenty yeah, yards of space uh, is not a solid tactic. Yeah, I, I think that we now realize how good Barry Nash is. Mm. I think people, the other teams, realize this guy is what he's doing, and if they go through stats and they go through ball in and where it's coming from, there'll be a big, huge red circle around Barry Nash all the time, and I think. You know, I think they'll, they'll, they'll have learned from the teams that maybe got close to them. How did they do it? Push on them, push on them, pressure, pressure, pressure. If you can't, try and keep it going for as long as you can and then try and bring in the, the, the cavalry to try and finish it off, like, you know, if, if you can. Because if, you, if, if you're looking for the same 15 to do it for the 70, 75 minutes, that's, that's where teams are getting caught, I think, you know. So if they can build a panel and have five or six guys finish it off, maybe they have some chance. But, Leslie, just quickly on, on the goals thing, Mikey. I know you are saying mm. it there already and... Uh, I found it in, I found it interesting there, going through the amount of goals scored in the league, right? And we spoke, I suppose we all spoke about Limerick being the benchmark and the Limerick extra game and everything. If you want to try and beat Limerick, you probably need, you need maybe minimum one, you're looking at maybe two goals to try and to try and get over the line. I think we'd all agree with that, wouldn't we, like, say, mm. as regards, right? So, if you, I'm just looking at the Munster teams now who know they're going to be playing them, right? Cork have scored 12 goals in the National Hurling League. Clare have scored 14 goals. Tip have scored 14 goals. Watford have scored five goals. Mm. So I, for me, right, I, I think that Cork, Clare and Tip are saying, no, like Tip definitely from just being there as, as, as a fan and, and, and being at the games, they are going for goals. Like, you know, Clare have 14 goals. Cork have, say, 12 goals. They're conceding, like Clare have only conceded three. Cork have conceded four. Tip have only conceded three. And I say Watford have, have scored five, but unfortunately they, they've conceded nine. So I'm sure that's something they're going to talk about in, in Port this week. In that, you know, if if we want to beat Limerick, I suppose we have to go at this and get more goals. But I just found it very interesting that that Tip, Clare, and Cork, the amount of goals they've scored, haven't conceded a lot of goals. So I'm sure that they have have got that out of the league. That look, we have it, we have it in the locker to go at this and score goals. Defensively, we're not too bad now. You know, we're not too bad. We're fairly tough. If you look at Limerick, then. Um, like Limerick scored two goals yesterday, Mikey, wasn't it, Jeff? Mm, mm. So they scored they scored fifty percent of their league goals yesterday. So they've scored four goals altogether. So again, they will know that they can probably hit that 25, 26 point mark most games. Yeah, thirty points in total. But I think I found it interesting that the other teams will have have really come to realize now we're going to get goals, and they've gone and they've got to try to get goals in the league. Like, yeah, and it, it just. The Davy kind of overcorrection, Rory, I suppose, where people can be quite, they're, they're very quick to judge him anyway because they kind of know kind of the, the his process and whether he plays one sweeper or two is the only question. Mm. Um, but Shane spells it out well there, you know, in, in a league where you need to be, or in a, in a Munster Championship where you need to be scoring goals and not conceding too many, Waterford are bucking the trend and conceding plenty and not scoring any and their best goal scorer is playing as an auxiliary midfielder or something. Like, He's he's toying around with ideas. Obviously, he's getting to know his team, but it 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 all seems a bit extreme at the moment. And if you're a Waterford fan, you might be kind of wondering when's this master plan going to kick into gear. Yeah, and Davy is marmite. I mean, people either love him or hate him, and I think he kind of revels in that too, to a certain extent. Um, I think there, from their point of view, it wouldn't be hugely concerned. I didn't realize they were heading off to Portugal. I think Port the Port. Portugal is back, obviously, uh, on the agenda for an awful lot of teams. I think never mind that international yeah. banking crisis. You can get, but like yeah. the the intercounty <laughs> managers aiming, like, and you know, lads that have been on those, like, they'll tell you 
you can do an awful lot because you basically become a professional athlete. I mean, you've probably been on a couple of them, I'm sure. Yeah, Shane. yeah. You get a month. You, you get a month in, Rory. You get a month's worth of work between uh, wow. meetings That's and uh, training sessions. You would like, you know, because it, uh, like most people tell you, it's no secret. Like you're doing three a day, like in kind of NFL terms or whatever, in American sports terms, you're you're you're, you're there. You're there in the morning, like in your morning, you do a you do a tough morning session, you know, on a usually a pitch session. Afternoon might be a gym session, collective gym session, or kind of stuff like that. And you know, you're getting your lunch and you're eating very well, and it's it's a great it's a great week, lads. You know, I, I highlighted the professional life. And in the evening, then you're probably back on the pitch doing a pitch session, maybe playing an internal game, working on something. Go away, get something to eat, and you're coming back at seven, eight o'clock in the evening, and you're going through video stuff in groups and. Like that's that's just a, I suppose a snapshot of what it is, but that's what it is really. Like it's it's three group sessions, and then probably video work or tactical stuff. Throw in some fun stuff throughout the week too. Like you know, have a bit of crack, go play golf, play a bit of soccer, whatever they want to do. Bonding stuff. You know, a bit of bonding yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. But like it, it when when you when you when you write it all down, that would take a month to do, um, at home to get together that much to get together that much to train that much, and and I suppose that's the benefit of it. Like you know, it, yeah. it's. It's massive what you can get over it. Yeah. yeah. And um, just a word on Kilkenny, Mikey. I, 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 just in relation to something old, something new. I thought Billy Drennan was excellent yesterday. I know most of his scores came from freeze, but some of the free taking, I mean, in those conditions, people mm. shouldn't underestimate. Like, incredible ball striker and his ability to win his own ball, which is, we know, as we know, is a, a long standing Brian Cody mantra going back an awful long way. He's got good vision brings other players into it. There's a hint of TJ off him, even with the glove, you know, just in terms of the way he carries himself. Um, so I think he's a major plus. He'll definitely start come championship. And that's a big bonus for them. And then something old, I thought Conor Fogarty was outstanding. And oh, I yeah. outstanding, yeah. absolutely outstanding. Yeah. I know they gave man of the match on TG Carr to John Donnelly, but I don't know what match they were watching. I just thought like, Flying into tackles is the leadership he brought. Got a great point at one stage, hook and blocking. Uh, I I would hazard a fairly strong guess that he's the real leader in that team. I know they still adopt the old county champions has to appoint the captain, but Conor Fogarty sets the tone for everything good about Kilkenny, and I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, he was immense. And I've had battles with him, Rory. You know. Oh yeah, um, of course. You yeah. know. But I tell you what, like I, I was looking at him there yesterday, and, and I suppose the the viewpoint from the the media box in Northern Park, it's, it's you're so close to the game, you're yeah. you're over there in the smaller stand, and he's in some shape. Yeah. I, I think I'd say the way the professionalism of the guy is unbelievable. The way he minds himself, like he's been a constant there now for you're going on ten years, like you know, um, he and and he won ball yesterday, and he won dirty ball, and he just did yeah. a simple with it. He got a super point when they really needed it himself. John Donnelly, own Cody, Massey Keown. Um, the four of them, they really stood up now yesterday and they got on an amount of ball. But I would agree with you. I thought Conor Fogarty was 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 immense yesterday. I think I, I also think Blanchfield is going to be a massive option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he he's very confident on the ball, he's able to win the ball. You know, you had a few belly hay lads back there around him as well yesterday. Um, so yeah, no, but the, the Conor Fogarty thing thought thought he was immense. Billy Drennan's ball striking lads is is exceptional in in uh in, in a day yesterday where people were nearly, you know, people were trying to struggle to find their feet in yeah. the stand, like walking out along afterwards because the, the the amount of rain that fell and was so slippy. And the pitch, it's an immense pitch, lads, and how it held mm. up as good as it is because there was, there was a camogie game on before it as well um, between Kilkenny and Cork, like, and so it had that to deal with and it was tearing up all the time. And a game of Gaelic football. 
and a game against football at halftime. And so, like, but his his ball striking was was brilliant. And I have to say, Podrick on the other side in Podrick Fitzgerald. Yeah, really good, good really he, good free taker. He was immense yeah. at it, like, because yeah. that's like he was. You know, he was. They tried a couple of guys before they they, they put him on the freeze there yesterday. Uh, Podrick Fitzgerald and very very confident ball striking over as well. And also, lads, just just one more thing on the water thing. Um, Paddy Fitzgerald in from Belly Gunner. Um, he is he's class lads. Mm. Like he got a he got a bit of attention yesterday. Not a bothering him. Not yeah. a bothering him. He just shrugged shrugged it off. He got a serious point, and he just he saw about a clean strike. Struck straight through the ball, straight over the bar. Not a bother. He wants the ball. He doesn't mind. He's able to mind himself. He's still very young. I think as the summer goes on as well. Like I just think it'd be I think it'd be unreal if you had if you had Desi inside, right? And and if Paddy Fisher is good enough to start or not, but this guy is going to be this guy's going to have a big summer um, for Watford. He's going to be a big part of their plans. I, I I really do feel that. Like. Yeah, it does. Kilkenny at least do seem like a, a team kind of begin to take shape because you look at the full forward line, you know, uh, Drennan, uh, Keown, and and Cody, and then you're throwing TJ Reid in there in some in some capacity as well. You know, they do like they're. The, you know the strength. You know Kilkenny have never gone away. We all know that. But like, there's, you know, there does seem to be there's a team form in there. Elsewhere, Cody, but... they, tr- they struggled to get on Cody into the game at times. I felt mm. yesterday, and um, but he played as a he played as a midfielder. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and I think I think I think maybe that that yeah yeah I like he 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 had, he had one of his quieter days. On a more general um, discussion point, and again, look, Shane may have a bit more information. I know Seamus Harnady was definitely taken off at an injury, and I saw Ronan Maher was substituted after 27 minutes for Tipperary. Injuries are cropping up right across the board. I presume that was an injury for Ronan Maher as well, because I wouldn't imagine he'd be taking him off in a tactical sense after 27 minutes. So teams are starting to pick up more knocks. I mean, a lot of the players that Shane mentioned in relation to Waterford, Conor Prunty and Austin Gleeson and these guys, like injuries are a concern. Like and they don't have a huge amount of time to rectify this and championship is only a couple of weeks away now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, De- and Decky Dalton had an injury. And Decky like, Dalton, probably, yeah. probably heard that, you know, David Burke had a cruciate injury with Galway. It's there gone, week. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, as you said, like, that's, it's just the panel is key, like, isn't it, lads? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, one or two guys. Ronan Maher, I think, will be fine. Uh, you it know, was only a precautionary, was it? Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Good. You know, even at that stage of the game, Tipper well ahead, like. But um, you know, that's it. Sure, the injury, like if it's 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 whoever has the strongest panel lads, because one or two guys are going to go down. <laughs> we kind of know who that is. Well, we know who that is. <laughs> like, like, even take, Congratulations <laughs> on your four-year-old Limerick. <laughs> even take um, uh, even take Dave Fitzgerald lads. Like, I mean, he, he they will appeal it, and he probably he, the way the way things are going, he probably will get off it. Like, but. Yeah. I mean, like if he was missing uh, in a round robin against Tip, like it's a massive push on for Tip. That guy's oh, yeah. averaging three, four points a game from play. Like, mm. so you know, keep uh, trying to keep your best twenty alive and well will yeah. be will also be key. Yeah. You want it, like. Big yes. challenge. You don't want to be in the situation that Wexford find themselves in where they're going down to play Limerick without Matthew Hamlin, Damien Reg, Dermot O'Keefe, Liam McGovern, Conor. Jesus Christ! When you say the names out loud, um, yeah. and 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 then we. we we helped Limerick out further by our customary throwing in of one high ball into the net from uh, Mark Fanning. That's a that's a, a game a gamely occurrence now. Um, but Limerick didn't need any help here, Shane. And this is said Wexford. Wexford tried to park the bus, which um, was never going to work. Limerick scored a couple of goals, which is unusual, and you know, gave game time to more lads who are, you know, kind of 
fringe trying to push into this starting 15 we keep coming back to it like their strength and depth is terrifying you say it's all about the squad and the panel and jesus like it's it really is kind of scary and they're all staying fit at the moment as well which also makes it all the more terrifying yeah you know and if one or two of them do get injured it, it doesn't it, like because of their strength and depth it doesn't really bother the thing um even watch even watching kyle's goal last night they're like I mean, handy just, few steps now. Handy, you know, handy few steps now. Handy few steps. Touch. <laughs> but like, like the power, like the power of Kyle O'Neill coming through first of all, and then to lay it off to Kyle Hayes, like it's you know it, it, that's that's frightening to try and face to face up against that. Like and then you know you see Aaron, see Aaron is back and you know doing fine, hitting his freeze and you know. He, he won't go down as one of his greatest finishes ever for the goal. But like, oh, did, it off, did, it, did it go in off his backside? Well, he had the hand up anyway. He was claiming it, so I, I don't know. Like, but, well, it, like, it hit him. I think it hit his knee or something. Like right. he, he didn't know a whole lot about it anyway. But you see, do you see the presence of him, lads? Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. even when the ball is dropping there, like there's a nervousness in the round because mm. of the likes of him are in the round there. Like, yeah. do you know, whereas you mightn't have against if you're playing a different opposition or against a different player that they know that if I don't control this ball perfectly. Aaron Galland is going to finish it like, and you know, there is that air when you're playing Limerick of this has to be on the money. If we make a mistake, they're going to punish us. And, but look, I have to say, parking all that aside, like, you know, uh, Limerick did what they had to do. They're in their league semi-final. I personally think they'll, they will really go at this now and they'll, 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 they'll go to win it just from, because of the, the depth and the, the amount that they have on the talent they have in the panel, they, they could put out a 15, they could leave six or seven guys off and it'll still be a very, very strong team. And I think that's why they'll really go at it. I think, you know, it'll be a really tough game for Tip um, next weekend, whether it's Saturday night or Sunday, hurling under lights, I suppose. That's another thing, Rory, we were talking about there, I suppose, yesterday even. But um, I, I just think that um, the, the Wexford lads are just so depleted, Mikey. I think they'll regroup. They'll, they'll, they'll try and get the band back together and, and get them all going again because what's coming in Salt Hill will be will be very tough and I I, I, I I really do feel for the extra lads I do feel for Dara and the management team at the moment because look they don't they, 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 I suppose we knew they never had that real real depth in, in, in their panel that the top team top two three teams have but then to keep losing guys and keep losing mm-hmm. guys and watching even Dio Keefe going down in, in the last couple of plays of the game against Cork after getting on a world of ball for them it's just, it, it has to be, you know, energy sapping for them, like, because they don't have the lads to come in and replace them. So, look, they'll regroup and hopefully they'll get those lads back we, together. We but talk look. about their squad depth in Wexford. I'm going to get very parochial here, Shall, because I'm from a place called Timon in Wexford. It would be more, known more as a football uh, club, Timon Cameras. Ian Carty, wing back uh, on Groot Hegarty yesterday. He outscored Groot Hegarty. He scored two points. Um, Timon don't have very many uh, intercounty hurlers in their history, so... I'm, that's me being very parochial, but uh, a Tumon man outscored Grove Hegarty. Up on the wall, Mikey. I think so. I think so. I think yeah. I'd have to try and find a good picture from that one. That was uh, so. Yeah, shout out to him. Uh, there's not too many wing backs who outscore Grove Hegarty in a game. So he came from my my club. So fair play to him. So maybe there will be a couple of uh, diamonds unearthed out of adversity. But uh, there's an awful lot of adversity between all the diamonds at the moment. Uh, Rory, a word on Clare or sorry Cork. Um, already through to the semi final, obviously. Um, the notable thing here is yet again they've finished very very strongly. Well, they're going right to the end, and I think that's been a hallmark of Pat Ryan. Long, it's a long-standing one going back to when he was manager of Sarsfields in Cork. Like they were well known for playing right for the full 75, 76 minutes, and never, never, never given, 
never given up and just keep going right right to the whistle and they've dug out a few big wins as a result over the course going all the way back to I think Tipperary in the Munster League I think it, they were I think a couple of pints down heading down the home stretch on that one as well I think all the way back in January so I think they've shown that there's a good spirit there there's a good they have they have added a few they've added a you know good few players to the mix I think there's a few still to come back um, and I think it'll be a really interesting team selection on Saturday. Hopefully, as Shane said, it's not under lights because I think Winter County hurlers and it's a, probably a discussion point maybe for another day, but they tend to not like playing hurling under lights for obvious reasons, just the flight of the ball, etc. But um, I don't think it can be under it's in Nolan Park anyway. There's no lights in Nolan Park. And if the game is in Nolan Park, it's probably going to have to be a three or four o'clock throw-in. So, um, because I think they have home advantage. But Jack Cocker going well. Like, you know, they were in this position last year, went to a league final, actually played a cracker of a game against Kilkenny in the semi-final below Parky Cueve and uh, won a, a game late on as well. You know, Dara Fitzgibbon scored a brilliant goal, I think, to, towards the back end of that fixture. And, but look, the season sort of tailed off after a very flat performance in the league final there thereafter. So I think this 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 time round, yeah, there seems to be a little bit more cut and a little bit more edge to them. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll 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 but I am. Um, there's big, there's there's some big tests coming down the tracks. So I think like, if they can get over Kilkenny and like that'll be that's a big if. The chances are then it's a Limerick tip in a in a league final. I think you have to embrace these types of things. And if it's yeah. a chance to play Limerick again, just remember who that. tipped who tipped tip to win the league. Yours truly here. Mm. Um, but let let let's be honest. None of us are. Uh, yeah, you, you you won't say no to a national title, but. Um, well, I haven't won the league in 20, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> but this league seems to be going on for a long time. Um, I personally, <laughs> I think I think we've seen too much in the Ireland league. It's just, it, neutrals shouldn't have to watch as much Ireland league as we've watched this year. So I'm going to ask you, Shane, because uh, I know you probably have it all worked out in your head. What's your top three in the Munster Championship at the moment? On the evidence of what oh, you've seen. Jesus, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's my top three in Munster? Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, I've got a, uh, like I, it probably would be easier to give you five out of the six lotto numbers on Wednesday night, like, to be honest. Um, I, I look, I look, and on the base of what you've seen, I, That's I, all you I can give us. right? Obviously, obviously Limerick. Okay, this is a no-brainer. Um. I think I, I just think I think if Claire can get them all 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 on the pitch, um I, I, I do rate them. I do I think they're a very good team. Um I do I think they're they were a shadow of a team that are in the semi-final last year. So look, not to be going on and on and on about that. I I, I do think Claire will be there thereabouts, all right. And I and I do think, okay, that if we can if tip if tip could avoid keep keep everyone fairly right. They could give it a real rattle, you know. Mm. I mean, there's there's a great feeling about the group at, at in Tiplets. There really is, and I I haven't said it yet this year, you know. And people are saying Tip are back. I don't think we're we're back, but we're definitely on the right road. If they can keep everyone right, like I think it was a toss of a kind between the between 
between between Tip and Cork. I, I do think, I honestly do feel that. Um, I, I don't think Waterford are, are, are there yet, you know, I mean, their, their home games are on Thurless. I think that's that's a blessing for them in disguise in the game. And they've won one, one round eight. robin game since it was invented. That's yeah, look, you know, that's, that's actually a factor. So look, oh, jeez, Mikey. Limerick, Clare, Possible kind of tip and cork. I'll just go tip because it is Monday morning. It's just it's just easier thing to say. All right, <laughs> Rory, you got, are you, would you be saying that it's uh, Limerick, Clare, and Cork? <laughs> or uh, I no, I think Cork. Uh, there's there's still a there's still a lot of convincing from a Cork perspective at championship level, and I think we have to judge. Championship is different to league. We know that. So, uh, in a championship context. Can you trust Cork completely? That's the question I'd ask. I mean, I felt last year against Galway, they were the better side in many aspects, but still lost the match um, in a game like that maybe you should have, could have. And that's there's nothing worse in sport. So it, will the Cork team that takes the field in the first round of the championship be hugely different to the team that played Galway when they were beaten in Turles and knocked out of the championship last year? Might be a huge amount to change. It might be very, very similar starting 15. And um, then you're into, you know, could you trust them? I don't know. If I was, I just know... Tipperary have the right man in charge in terms of being on the line. They won't be found wanting. You'd hope Corker likewise. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with Shane. I do honestly believe there is a major design flaw in the championship that allows a Joe McDonough Cup winner go deeper into the championship than two of the Munster teams. And I don't know how you get around that, but it, I suppose it does add to the cutthroat element of the Munster round robin. Rory, it's like it's like Gaelic football in Nolan Park at halftime in the match. It's mm. all about developing the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, like, look, I'm not saying that the Joe McDonough winners shouldn't be accommodated, but I do think you know if we're looking at ways by which we would like to inject slightly more integrity into our league hurling, I think you should. We should be looking at trying to investigate ways to you know give people different options or avenues one of the reasons the football league is so successful is it's directly linked to championship now hurling doesn't have that because it plays two separate leagues that aren't linked at all so mm. there are things that you would hope are in discussion somewhere <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I think i'll need another coffee before we discuss mm. that here now again um we'll leave it at that shane thank you very much and thank you to end it earlier and thank you to Rory and um, we'll be back on Thursday to preview the football and also the Hurland semi-finals so chat to you then good luck we earned it by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us what I love in Hurland I love players that will never give in he hits it he hits it it's over the bar oh holy Moses